We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody, welcome into Kansas State Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com. Joining me shortly will be Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. We are doing part two of our two-part podcast, running through the top 15 most valuable 49ers. If you have not listened to the first part, that was numbers 15 through 8. I highly recommend going and checking that out. Really good discussion just about value and then which players kind of landed at which spots. Our lists are are pretty different. So I'm excited to see what the top seven has to offer. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. I have a problem in the heat beating department. Do you? Yeah. What so is it? I'm about to I, solve all of mine coming up here shortly, is, but what's going on with you? I love that tease. So <laughs> I have this issue where I live in the, in the far East Bay, the outskirts of the East Bay. If you wanted to not classify it as the Bay Area, like I'm not going to fight you on it. Sure. But it's hot where I live. It's not hot in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So when I leave in the mornings, a t-shirt and shorts is comfortable. I get my maybe a little chilly, but comfortable. And it's it's hot when I get home. The problem is I have like a little more than a half mile walk from from the train station to my job. And in San Francisco this morning, it was like 54 degrees with like a light mist. And I'm in a button up A's jersey and shorts. Yeah, and it's just not enough. And like, I don't want to have a jacket because then you got to carry the jacket and it's just a pain in the ass. <sighs> yeah, the the perils of of commuting to, into San Francisco, man, it's real it sucks. It's, it, the You know, microclimates and all that. Totally. They're different. <laughs> yeah, I've spent the last week looking at apartments in Sacramento. I think I've landed on one. It's definitely going to have air conditioning, um, which I'm really excited for. So shout out. Does shout it out have a. Does it have a uh, pad for your helicopter? 
<laughs> uh, no, but I think there's one nearby that, uh, okay, that I'll, I'll make it work. Um, also, it. also ceiling fans, incredibly underrated ceiling fans. So oh, I'm I gonna, com- I'm going to have, I'm going to have AC and ceiling fans. It's a big win for your guy. This is, this is enormous. You're going to have to stack your hoodie collection significantly just to exist inside your home. Yeah. That's one of the, so, um, that's one of the upgrades that needs to be made to my house i love it but the bedrooms are not equipped with ceiling fans Mm. and that's a a sizable issue like right now it's not uncomfortable in here but a ceiling fan moving some air around would make it a lot nicer so that's a great call by you and And i assume they're quiet you can record a pod with the ceiling fan on correct you can't do with a standing fan no you you can't uh we've tried we've experimented and it doesn't work the I assume when you were apartment hunting and we'll get to the top seven 49ers here in a moment, we just have more pressing business to get to first. <laughs> I assume when you were apartment hunting, that was right at the top of your list of when you were talking to your realtor, you were like, Hey, um, what's the air conditioning situation at this place? Yeah. I mean, and I don't a, have a realtor. I'm not big time. I know that's... I'm not big time adulting like you do <laughs> when you when you search for places to live. But I um but yeah, I mean it was an obvious prerequisite. It's yeah. gonna it's it's gonna be Do you have air conditioning in Sacramento like all the time? So yeah. Did you ask? Is there yeah. central air? Yeah, central air, central heat, all the questions, in room laundry, in room in, in unit laundry, big that's deal. big yes. deal. Yeah, that's it's not it's not like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not standard in Arizona, but it is common mm-hmm. and having it's just a game changer, dude. Yep. It's a total game changer. Yeah. So I want to be walking around with my laundry. No. And then you got to like time it. And you got to pay for it. And then you got to like wait. And sometimes other people's laundries. <laughs> yeah. And if I'm it's out. in unit, if I leave clothes in the dryer, fine. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. You can let's throw get, a load of dryer and go. Nobody yeah. All right. So just to remind you, my 15, I care deeply about it. My <laughs> 15 are Dre Greenlaw, Alex Mack, Lakin Tomlinson, Kyle Juszczyk, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, K1 Williams, Debo Samuel. That's my 15 through eight. We'll get to number seven here in a moment. Refresh your list. So 15, Actually, we Alex, should just make people listen to the other one. But yeah, ahead. listen to the other one because it was a. I think it was a good discussion. 15, Alex Mack. 14, Eric Armstead. 13, Trey Sermon. 12, Debo Samuel. 11, Raheem Mostert. 10, Jimmy Ward. 9, Jason Verrett. 8, Javon Kinlaw. And the differences between our lists, I think, come down to... I think yours is more like MVP, most valuable players, like in terms of just raw production on the field. Right, right. And for me, it's how I view these guys sort of as assets given their contracts. And, um, sure. you know, if you're building a team, sort of how, how you look at them from that perspective. So different philosophies with our list, but I think it's still an interesting discussion. Uh, yeah. Particularly given that there's there's no real news to talk about. Absolutely. So let's get started. So I have a couple in my top seven that were in your eight through 15. And one of those is my number seven is Jimmy Ward. Okay. Who, despite his lack of, of statistical production from a turnover standpoint, uh, turnover generation standpoint, I just think that having a rangy safety, who's a good tackler, uh, is is really important in the NFL today. And one of the hallmarks of the 49ers defense in 2019 was the fact that they didn't give up a ton of big plays. And I think that starts with Jimmy Ward. 
Yeah. And the fact he's as reliable as he is uh, when he's on the field is, I think, a big deal for the Niners secondary. Now the injury question mark is still there. You know, he's been mostly healthy the last two years. Um, his his track record in that department isn't great. But Jimmy Ward, I think, is is one of the 49ers best players on defense. Yeah, I would agree. And I think one of the reasons why he doesn't have that turnover production that you would typically look for and that a lot of people uh, knock Jimmy Ward for is I think he doesn't get thrown at a whole lot yeah. because he's in good position. And, you know, Robert Sala said he thought Jimmy Ward was one of the best cover guys in the league, point blank, like man to man, regardless of position, he can cover really well and at at safety that's really important and you saw it in the super bowl two years ago um jimmy ward on third down was covering travis kelsey a lot and that you know part of the luxury of having tarvarius Moore in there was you could use three safety looks be pretty dynamic in terms of the looks you can give defenses or offenses um and he can match up with running backs he can match up with tight ends he can match up with receivers um so yeah jimmy ward incredibly valuable player i had him at 10 uh for me and uh, you had him a little bit higher. Number seven for me is Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and, you know, I Jimmy Garoppolo, regardless of the fact that the 49ers are in the process of moving on from him, whether that's, you know, this year at the trade deadline or beforehand, um, next offseason or even later than that, I, I would be shocked if Jimmy Garoppolo is on the 49ers this time next year. But he's still valuable. He's not a bad quarterback and quarterbacks have value. If you have a top 15, top 20 quarterback in the league, that's still somebody who would be an upgrade for a lot of other teams, even at the money he's making. Um, and it's just a valuable position. So Jimmy Garoppolo is still right now, the 49ers starting quarterback. We'll see what it looks like in training camp when he's competing with Trey Lance, um, who was not really in a position to compete because it sounds like the 49ers were more focused on Trey Lance's um, you know, fundamentals and just learning the playbook before he actually could compete. But Jimmy Garoppolo is still a very valuable player. You can argue about whether he's good enough to win you a Super Bowl. Clearly, the 49ers are very leery of his injury history and the fact that they've lost two of the last three seasons, basically because of Garoppolo's injuries. But he's still a valuable player. When he's healthy, he can run the offense. I'm very curious to see if he takes a significant step forward um, because you know, he was, he was good in 2019. I think, I think it's fair to say he was good. He was the only quarterback to be top five, uh, I believe in yards per attempt, touchdown passes and completion rate. And, you know, the completion rate and the yards per attempt stuff is, is largely a credit to Kyle Shanahan and his offense, but still Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback, the second best offense in the league from a scoring perspective that year. So I don't yeah. think that can be, that can be completely poo pooed. But, you know, he wasn't great in the playoffs and he certainly wasn't good in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Still a very valuable player for me. And, um, you know, number seven on the list, largely because quarterback is just such an important position. I think, too, with Garoppolo, there's this. There's typically more nuance. A lot of these conversations happen on the Internet. Yeah. And at least what that's where I see them and, and take part in them. And a lot of the nuance gets lost jimmy garoppolo is really good at executing the offense that kyle shanahan laid out the issue is outside of the injury step the issue is there are limitations to his game that keep the offense from being what it could be and when jimmy garoppolo is playing it's always this 
okay, but what there's another like level it can get to. There's another step they can take that he's just not capable of taking. That doesn't make him a bad quarterback. No, that just makes him like bad quarterbacks can't execute. Blaine Gabbard is a bad quarterback. Blaine Gabbard could play in the Niners offense and they wouldn't be the second best offense in the league. Like people say, well, Kyle Shannon get anything out of any quarter. That's not, that's not true, but he's going to elevate a quarterback like Garoppolo into a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Uh, the issue is the inconsistency and where the offense could be with a better talent, which is why they go up and get a player like Trey Lance. Yeah. So yeah. Number seven for me, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, who's number six for you? Number six. I have Raheem Mostert and he was oh, the one I struggled with. Even though running backs don't matter. Running backs don't matter. And we know that. <laughs> <laughs> It's another conversation that requires a ton of nuance. Anyways, uh, Raheem Mostert, I struggled with a lot because you could argue that like outside of George Kittle, he's their most important offensive player because of the explosive element he brings to the run game. I just don't think they have anybody like that. We'll see if Elijah Mitchell, the sixth round pick, similar size, good speed, similar type of runner, um, if he can offer that. But there's just a home run threat that Mostert brings that I don't think anybody else in the running back group does yeah he's a singular talent in that way for sure right and he just fits shanahan's outside zone scheme just so so well he's so decisive he makes that cut and he's gone and he's fast um the issue is we've seen so many other running backs be productive maybe not in the way that mostert is Mm -hmm. maybe not ripping off you know almost five yards of carry but jeff wilson jr was really good before he got hurt last year uh, and even and even after he came back, Matt Breida had some success in in this offense. Um, Tevin Coleman had some success in this offense. So I think that knocks Mostert's value down a little bit. But I do think that in an offense that is built around the run game, where he Mostert is to me, if he's healthy for 16 games and getting 15 plus carries a game, 12 to 15 carries a game, I should say, uh, I, I think that is the maximized version of their offense. Yeah, and one thing about Kyle Shanahan's running game, like he their their run plays where they dial them up and they expect to score, even if right. they're you know on their on their own thirty yard line. Like they they take shot plays um, in the running game, which is which is really rare, and they're able to do that because of uh, of Mostert's speed. And so we talked about him on on um, the pod earlier this week because I had him at number 11 we joke about the running backs don't matter thing um real quick i don't want to i don't want to completely um change the the conversation but the point is it's not that running backs don't matter because clearly with the 49ers offense they do matter the running game matters immensely because a lot of the passing game is built off of the running game the 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 conversation is don't invest premium draft capital or premium free agent money or whatever in running backs because you're not going to, there isn't going to be an appreciable difference between uh, a first round pick and a fourth round pick. And just in terms of raw production, if your system and you, and your offensive line is good. So that's, it's not that running backs don't matter. It's that you don't need to invest premium assets in a running back. And Raheem Mostert's a classic example, right? And so many players that have played for Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan are, are classic examples because they're late round picks or undrafted guys. Anyway, instead of I, I think I, that's where we both stand on on that discussion, right? Yeah, instead of paying one running back fifteen million dollars, yeah, pay the 49ers, 
Yeah. The 49ers can get the same or better production out of three running backs that they're paying five million a piece. Exactly. And um, that's just better roster construction. Okay. Yeah, correct. Um, number six for me, Brandon Ayuk. Second year receiver showed really um really a lot of promise last year as a rookie, missed four games. Uh I don't have his stats in front of me because I'm a touch unprepared, but let me pull him up. Um, I just think Ayuk has a real chance to be a star. And I think one yep. of the reasons why the 49ers might not have been more aggressive in really solidifying that third receiver spot is because they do have such high expectations for Brandon Ayuk. Um, 60 catches, 748 yards, five touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. Um, I just think his his athleticism, his length, um, you know, you saw it on that run where he hurdled that Eagles defender for a touchdown. I, I just think in Kyle Shanahan's offense, he has a chance to be like a 1,400-yard guy. Um, I agree. And, and if he gets there, in addition to what George Kittle um, provides the passing game in terms of just being the number one option, uh, Brandon Ayuk is not a bad number two. And I think he has a real chance to become a star. Um, I think you and I agree that Brandon Ayuk is far more likely and probably a better candidate to get a second contract, you know, at, yeah. at the top of the receiver market or in that, you know, 17, 18 million dollars a year range than Debo Samuel. Um, and given that he has a potential to be that good this year in year two at a premium position on his rookie contract, he's only entering his second season. He's a first round pick, so you're going to have his fifth year option. Um, I just think he's an incredibly valuable player. And so that's why he's number six for me. I think from a pure, he's, he's my number five. Okay. Um, so good segue by you on accident. Sure. To me, and I don't want to diminish Debo Samuel's value to the offense, but Brandon Ayuk is the best wide receiver on the team from a traditional wide receiver standpoint. I would agree. I think he can do some of the stuff. He's obviously not not as as effective of a of a runner from a physicality standpoint, not as physical of a runner as Debo is. Yeah. But I think there's he has the athleticism and the explosiveness to to do that stuff in jet motion, to take screen passes and, and turn them into big gains. But I think he's a more effective receiver down the field. And I think we're going to see that bear out. And just to your point on on his numbers, if he played, he was he paced. He played 12 games last year. He paced for over 16, 80 catches, 997 yards, and seven touchdowns as a rookie. Yeah. That's super impressive for, with, for the number 25 pick and something that the Niners haven't had in, in a long time. And didn't play with Jimmy Garoppolo a whole lot either. Right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So I, I think the, the ceiling for him is very, very high. Yeah, I would agree. And now, so now do I, now we're doing the top five. Yeah, because Ayuk was my fifth guy, so I just wanted to just finish the conversation there, and Who'd now you, we'll move to your fifth. Did we say you had uh, Raheem Mostert six? Yes. Okay. Um, all right, so five for me is George Kittle, the tight end. And so, wow. so the reason why George Kittle is probably the 49ers' best offensive player, um, the issue is, is that he missed eight games last season with a knee injury and a foot injury. Mm -hmm. Um, He's going to have a shoulder injury for the duration of his career because he said he doesn't want to get it. He needs surgery um, to fix it, but he's said he doesn't want to get that fixed until after he's done playing. He's making a lot of money. Um, He's the highest paid tight end in league history, which deservedly so. Um, Right. But the reason why he's not above some of the other guys, I think, is largely because of the injury concerns and the fact you're paying him a pretty penny. And it's it's I don't fault the 49ers at all for paying George Kittle what they're paying him. He's obviously a star. He's probably the biggest star in the team right now. Um, But, you know, like if you you you're coming off a season where you miss half of it, it's just it's hard for me to put him in that two or three spot where he probably would be if he had played in 16 games last year. So that for me, just the fact it's not necessarily a premium position, you're paying him a premium um, and he missed eight games last season. That's why he's five. And it's not, um, you know, that it's not an indictment on, on his value when he plays, when he is healthy, he's a force. He's a complete force. He's, he's emblematic of, the just scheme diversity you can have offensively with him. He's arguably the best pass catching tight end in the league. He's arguably the best uh, run blocking tight end in the league. You get him open in space. He's the best tight end in the league running after the catch. And he's just a, he's a great player. But the reason why he's five and not higher is the injury concern paired with the fact you're paying him a lot of money. And it, the fact you are paying him so much hurts you when he does not play. Right. So ultimately, yeah. for me, that's why George Kittle is number five and not a little bit higher. So he's number two on my list. OK, spoiler alert. And you just laid out all the reasons he's number two, I think, because mine is we talked about it earlier. My criteria is just on field production. Mm-hmm. And when I look at the Niners offense and I remove one player, I think, how do they replace that player? And what would we be writing about or talking about on the podcast if that player went down? 
there's nobody on the roster that's doing what George Kittle does for them uh, from a, just a sheer production standpoint, but then also what he allows them to do in terms of uh, deception, being able to give a run look and then throw out of it and vice versa. Uh, they would, he's the single hardest player on the team to replace, you know, Brandon, yeah. Ayuk goes down. All right. We, you know, could they lean a little harder on the running game Raheem Moster goes down? Okay. Well, they have more running. George Kittle goes down. That's your most unique weapon. Yeah. So he's second on my list. Like you said, he's their best offensive player. And um, if, if, if he is not healthy, I have very serious concerns about the ceiling for San Francisco. Agreed. So who's, uh, who's number five for you? Number five is Ayuk. Okay. Right. So who's number four for you? Number four. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Number four for me. I just wrote Williams, (laughs) which when (laughs) I first looked, I was like, okay, well, wait a minute. That's not right. That's not right. Trent Williams. Trent Williams is number four for me. The left tackle. Oh, good. Look at us. This is the first one we've had that's matched. Is it? Um, Wow. Yes. Yes. Interesting. So Trent Williams, I mean, the case I make for Kittle, like how do they replace him? It's the same thing with, with, with Trent Williams. Right. Um, He's just, we saw it last year. He is a monster as a run blocker. He's a monster as a pass blocker. Uh, He's the, the best tackle in the league. And he's a future hall of famer. If he puts together a few more all pro seasons, here's, here's what it is. And, And I'm not the first one to make this point. The 49ers lost Joe Staley and replaced him with arguably a better player. Yeah. Which is, and I'm going to say arguably because Joe Staley is beloved by the 49ers and their fans. I think just a neutral NFL observer is going to tell you that Trent Williams is the better player. Yeah, they're close, but I think Williams is better. Uh, Right. And the fact that they did that is a, like, coup. Like, that's, that's wild. Especially without having to give up a first round pick like getting yeah. Trent Williams for a third and a fifth is crazy value like and, a future third yeah <laughs> and, and that your draft right and and so like one of the I, I think one of the underrated things about Kyle Shanahan was that like Trent Williams wanted to come to the 49ers like Trent Williams nixed a trade because of where things were with his contract at the end of his yeah. time with Washington he wanted to come play for Kyle Shanahan. A lot of guys want to come play for Kyle Shanahan. So people will will dock Kyle Shanahan for his record when they haven't had Jimmy Garoppolo, which I guess is fair. You know, your record is what you are. But if it's another coach, you're not getting Trent Williams, right? So you get arguably the best left tackle in the league because of who your yeah. coach is. And, and yeah. Kyle Shanahan has pull like that, which not every coach has. Um, so yeah, Trent Williams, number four for me. You laid it out like one of the best left tackles uh, in in the league. Uh, really good in the run. Really good in the pass. Potentially a future Hall of Famer. Um, and somebody you just you know with when you have a quarterback with with injury issues like Jimmy Garoppolo's had, you love to have Trent Williams over there. And when you have a rookie quarterback in Trey Lance, potentially um, you love to have a great left tackle to to give him a little bit of confidence, knowing that. Yeah. Um, you know, he's going to hold up a, a, against the pat against some of the league's best pass rushers. So, yeah, we're both at uh, Trent Williams, number four. 
Um, so we're getting to the top three real quick. Uh, so set seven through four for me, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brandon, Ayuk, George Kittle, Trent Williams. Um, why, why don't you go through your seven through four and then introduce number three? Jimmy Ward is seven, Raheem Mostert six, Brandon Ayuk five, Trent Williams four. I want to know your third. You want to know my third? Okay. Yes. My third. Drum roll, please. Fred Warner. That's um, me too. Look at us. Look at us. This is look at us. Uh, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Um, so Fred Warner uh, never missed a game. Has been the Mike linebacker from his first game as a pro. Uh, just in a, in a first team all pro last season. One of probably the three best middle linebackers in football. Um, and just sort of the heartbeat of, of everything they do. He's, he's elite in terms of just, I mean, he's elite in a lot of things. He's elite in coverage. He's elite in just knowing where, you know, like studying offenses, knowing what tendencies are, um, getting his teammates lined up. Just, I, you know, I, I expect this guy to be like a Bobby Wagner type figure for the 49ers. Yeah. He's 24. The thing is, is you have to pay him now. So you're probably going to give him a contract very similar to what you gave George Kittle last summer. I'm guessing he's going to make 15 to $17 million a year. I'm guessing that that deal is going to get done before training camp. Um, and the reason why, if you haven't, if you, if you've noticed Trey Lance still hasn't been named on my list, which indicates he's top three. One of the reasons why is because he's on a rookie contract and that will allow you to pay the other key players on your team, like Fred Warner, Trent Williams, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk down the road. So Fred Warner to me, I, there's, I just don't know what weaknesses exist in his game. Um, he's 24. He's still on his rookie contract right now. There are zero injury concerns, knock on wood. And, uh, you know, he's been, he's, he's been a mainstay on a team that's dealt with a ton of injuries over his three years with the team. And, uh, and he did it on his rookie contract, a third round pick, just an incredibly valuable player. So he's top three for me. And look, if George Kittle hadn't gotten hurt last year, George Kittle's probably above Fred Warner just because of, you know, how, how he changes the offense. Um, he's a transformative, George Kittle's a transformative player. Fred Warner isn't necessarily transformative, but he's just a bedrock. He's just solid. And you right. know what you're going to get from him week in and week out. He's going to be prepared. Um, and it looks like your categories. Yeah. Stephen Perry's hanging out uh, on the mic. <laughs> He's a very affectionate cat. Uh, yeah. Fred, Fred Warner is also number three on my list. I mean, one of the, so we talked about this with Drake Greenlaw. We talked about it with K. Wall Williams being able to control the middle of the field in coverage is, is a huge, huge deal against modern NFL offenses. And Fred Warner is excellent at that there were some concerns about whether a player, his size, like six, three, two could handle the run game. He's been fine there. He's sideline to sideline. There's nothing offenses are doing that are that's, that's fooling him. Right. And he is, he is just a consistently excellent player. Uh, one of the things that really sticks out when you're talking about Fred Warner is he had an interception against Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. while covering Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Like that's that there aren't many linebackers doing that in in the nfl um and when you combine that with what he does against the run like he's just he is the prototypical linebacker for for today's game and i think 
when teams are looking for off ball linebackers are going, how do we get the next Fred Warner? So number two for you, you already said is George Kittle. Yeah, it was Kittle. Yeah. So number two for me is Nick Bosa. Um, and I know that I just made the case against George Kittle being higher than five because of the injury concerns and Nick Bosa is coming off an ACL tear, but Nick Bosa is a guy who feels to me like a defensive player of the year candidate every year, as long as he's healthy. Um, And he's at a premium position, arguably the most premium position on defense. You can make the case about corner versus defense, whatever. His brother just got a five-year, $135 million contract, paying him $27 million a year. I think Nick is better than Joey. Um, and you're getting Nick wow. on a rookie contract with a fifth-year option. We'll see what happens um, because he's he's technically due for an extension after this upcoming season. Uh, we'll eligible see. for an extension. He's eligible for an extension. We'll see if his camp pushes for one. I, I have no feel for that one at the moment. Um. I would imagine, I mean, it, it's impossible to tell really right now because he is coming off the injury. But if you get defensive player of the year type production from Nick Bosa over these next few seasons, and he's still playing on his rookie contract, making what, seven, eight million dollars a year, roughly a quarter of what his brother's making, that's just an incredibly valuable player. And so I'm yep. looking past the the injury from last year a little bit because of just how good he was and how transformational of a figure he was as a rookie in 2019 and if the 49ers win the Super Bowl in 20 after 2019 he's there's a very good chance he's the MVP if Nick Bosa makes yeah. one more play and the Niners end up winning that game he's the, he's Super Bowl MVP as a rookie yep. Yep. um so a he was very, the best player on the field in that game I yeah I would agree and so he's just it's a premium position he's entering your three he's on his rookie contract um and he's uh he's a guy who i think has a chance to win multiple defensive player of the year awards um now he still has to do that and part of me having him at number two is a bit of a projection but um i have nick bosa's number two because he's i think he's that good and he's like i said premium position rookie contract all those things He's number one on my list Wow! for everything you just said. And the 49ers in, under this regime are a front-to-back defense. They believe in the defensive line. They believe that getting to the quarterback is the number one thing and the number one way to impact an offense. And Nick Bosa not only does that, but there were a couple times during his rookie year where teams tried to run at him with like different looks and kind of weird exotic stuff. And he just sniffed it out and made plays. He is, there's, you want to talk about a guy where you can't point out a weakness in his game. Like, okay. He can't kick out and play corner, but <laughs> I mean, do you know I, that I just, for sure? no, we don't actually, they haven't <laughs> tried it. So you're right. The that's still on the table. He did have that but, interception against Carolina in 2019. That was an unbelievable play. Like unreal. It just, it, he reads the screen, takes a step back, leaps, makes a catch. So, so I, I just, if the 49ers are going to have a, you don't need to have a top three defense to win a Super Bowl, but we saw it 
with with Tampa Bay. You need to be able to affect the quarterback. And the 49ers did that against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And they did that for for almost the entire game. Yeah. yeah. And then the the Chiefs kind of game ceiling touchdown came to Nick Bosa's side when Nick Bosa wasn't on the field. And so if Nick Bosa isn't held on third and 15, Niners oh probably win that game. I wasn't going to go there, but I mean, if you want to, you want to open that wound up, that's on you. I, know. I mean, I, it's just a fact. <laughs> like he was definitely held, but it was, um, you know, it wasn't called. I don't, whatever. But the, the point is uh, the, like, he's, he's they, really good. They, you do need to have a competent defense though. And I think as long as he is on the field affecting the quarterback, their defense is going to be competent enough to win a championship. Agreed. And, and when we, we texted privately, after we didn't text publicly. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, no, after 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 Bosa went down against the Jets, it was like, yo, there's a real like, how many games can this team win with Nick Bosa out? Yeah, that was, and that wasn't a discussion after George Kittle went down. That uh, you know that that wasn't the discussion when Garoppolo got hurt. It was Nick Bosa goes down, dude. How does this team win games? Yeah, and and. That that to me is why he's he's number one on my list. Okay, so we've gotten to uh, we've gotten to number one for me, and it's that Trey Lance. Sounds obnoxious. It's for num- Trey Lance is the most valuable 49er for wow. me, and wow. I've harped a lot on rookie contracts. What Kyle Shanahan told Tim Kawakami on uh, Tim's podcast a couple weeks ago was. You know, we talked about Trey Lance and it was like one of the big intrigues with Trey Lance is getting a quarterback on a rookie contract, getting a quarterback on a rookie contract, particularly with the depressed salary cap because of the pandemic. It makes it a hell of a lot easier to give Nick Bosa twenty five, twenty seven million dollars a year, which he's probably going to get, assuming he doesn't get hurt again. Right. It makes it a hell of a lot easier to pay Fred Warner fifteen to seventeen million dollars a year. You're already paying Trent Williams twenty two, twenty three million dollars a year. George Kittle's the highest paid tight end in history. Brandon Ayuk might be somebody who's going to get $18 million a year. Like you have a lot of money potentially going to other players down the road. The reason why you're going more than likely going to be able to pay the vast majority of those guys is because you're going to have a rookie on a, or you're going to have a quarterback on a rookie contract. So that's enormous. Like that's, yep. that's your team, Nick Bosa, George Kittle paying all those guys. Those are your team. Those guys are the reason why you're potentially going to be a Super Bowl contender. Yep. So, and that, and Trey Lance is also super valuable because we just saw what the value for Trey Lance is. It's three first round picks, right? right? Like that, those trades don't happen. You don't invest three first round picks in too many players in this league. If you were, you yep. know, if Russell Wilson were to get traded, it's probably going to be three first round picks. Yeah, it's a starting point for sure. Right. If Deshaun Watson hadn't gotten into his legal issues, he's probably getting traded for three first round picks. Yep. So that to me, you know, we and and this is the major difference in our list, right? Like you had Trey Lance, what right. at eleven? Eleven, yeah. He's the most valuable 49er for me because it's the most important position on the field. He's on a rookie contract. I think he's gonna be good. And if you get a good quarterback on a rookie contract surrounded by this type of talent, that's the reason why you can have sustained success over the next four or five years. Right. Because you're able to keep all of your other good players. You don't have to shed them 
um, you know, for salary cap reasons, because you're paying Jimmy Garoppolo, whatever you're paying him, they're going to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. That money's coming off the books at some point over the next 12 months. So Trey Lance to me, not only is it, you know, it's quarterback, but it's what having him means is why he's so valuable. That's why he's number one on the list. I know he hasn't played a snap yet. He hasn't even won the starting job, but it's an unprecedented trade. It was the biggest trade in history for the 49ers, like team history. It's one of the biggest trades in NFL history. If you think about the context of like a Super Bowl team making that trade for, for a quarterback less than two years removed from going to the Super Bowl, like that's never happened before. Right. Um, so Trey Lance, number one for me. Your thoughts? I think that when it comes to, I mean, the quarterback on a rookie contract, like that's the thing is there's nothing more valuable than that. And there was a thought for if a while. That, if he's good. Right. Let's assume that Trey Lance is the player the 49ers think he is. It almost does like we talked about it during the draft. Okay, Aaron Banks and Trey Sermon and and um and Ambry Thomas. Nothing else in the draft matters if Trey Lance is awesome. Yeah. That's that that is the story of the 49ers. Like I know that Fred Warner is gonna get signed, and we just talked about Nick Bosa, how important he is, and Kittle's under a long-term contract, and so is Trent Williams. If Trey Lance is bad at football, that's not gonna matter. If Trey Lance is good at football, the 49ers are going to be Super Bowl contenders for the foreseeable future, yeah. regardless of who else is on the team. Yeah. And that's been, that was for a while the concern is like, can you win paying a quarterback X amount of money because then you're not contributing money to these other spots? It's like, well, if you hit on a couple draft picks, yes, because a quarterback, a really good quarterback can overcome a lot. So I think, um, right. Like, why don't if, we talk about, the failures of the 2017 draft more critically, right? It been Solomon Thomas and Reuben Foster. It's because you found a star in the fifth round in George Kittle. And right. to your point, the same applies with Trey Lance. And, like it doesn't and, matter if you whiff on everybody, if Lance is a star because you at least got one. Right. right. And, and it was the quarterback. And I think yeah. to that same point with the 2017 draft, they also found Jimmy Garoppolo for a future second round pick that year. Mm-hmm. And when you have your quarterback, like it's just, it is a monumental thing. So it makes in the parameters of your, of your list, it makes, it makes a ton of sense. And I, I think it's absolutely the right pick because that rookie contract for the quarterback is, is it gives you a minimum four year window where you can compete while also paying top end talent, which, which makes it really, really hard uh, to, to be makes yeah. them really, really hard to beat. So that's our top 15. So mine once one more time, 15, Alex Mack, you know, 14, Eric Armstead, 13, Trey Sermon, 12, Debo Samuel, 11, Raheem Mostert, 10, Jimmy Ward, nine, Jason Verrett, eight, Javon Kinlaw, seven, Jimmy Garoppolo, six, Brandon Ayuk, five, George Kittle, four, Trent Williams, three, Fred Warner, two, Nick Bosa, and number one is Trey Lance. Those are your top 15 most valuable 49ers per Chris Biederman. Kyle, why don't you run through your 15, and then we'll we'll jet, we'll, uh, jet out of here. I'm going to run through mine. I'm not going to put my name on it. Dre Greenlaw, 15. Alex Mack, 14. Lakin Tomlinson at 13. I've got Kyle Juszczyk at 12. Trey Lance is number 11, followed by Jimmy G at 10. 
Kwan Williams at number nine, Debo Samuel at number eight, Jimmy Ward seven, six is Raheem Mostert. And then the top five, uh, starting at number five, Brandon Ayuk, Trent Williams, Fred Warner, George Kittle, and Nick Bosa. And again, mine was more uh, from an on-field, just productivity standpoint versus yours, which took into account um, those players as, as assets. So that was a fun exercise. Enjoy. And uh, I, I, I think this is a good bye week thing to kind of revisit these lists and see yeah. Uh, at least, at least where mine is at, because yours may not change too much based on the contract stuff. But um, we'll run through this again and and see see where we're at mid season for sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Subscribe, rate, and review. Everybody enjoy um your your weekend. And yeah. uh, we're recording this tra- on a Friday. Yeah, we're recording this on a Friday. I've like I said, I've been apartment hunting, so a little bit what on the. How run. do you want from us? We have lives, people. Yeah, we do have lives. Um, I'm traveling next week to Southern California, a little R and R. We'll see, see seeing some friends for the first time since the uh, since the pandemic started. I don't know I'm, what our podcast schedule is going to be, but we. I've got a buddy coming into. I've got a buddy coming into town from Arizona who I haven't seen since pre-pandemic. So hell yeah, nice, nice. good for us, good for us. Party having on. social lives. Look at us. Uh, look at us. Who would have thought? Um, all right, those Not are me. our those are <laughs> those are our top 15 49ers. Um most valuable 49ers and we will check with check in with you guys again soon damn right actually next week maybe the week after if we decide to uh to enjoy ourselves on a little vacation spree we'll do a one well here we go i'm gonna do this on the fly we're doing one pod next week okay we'll do one pod. i'm gonna, I'll I'm gonna bring, hit up um, i'll hit up but we'll hit up a guest or we don't can say do any a, names or we could do a green room so i don't have to uh to pack a mic and bring it on my trip oh boy mm, that. We, or we could have a guest on the green room we could figure all this out and it will produce that. Yeah, maybe subscribe, maybe. rate, review. All right, subscribe, rate, review. Thanks, everybody. We will talk Bye. to you guys soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.